The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, we wind the clock back a year to the canon event that was our four-part Legacy of the Spider-Man episode to add an important fifth chapter about the most multiversal multiverse movie that ever multied across the Spider-Verse. I'm Riggs. I'm Andy. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. Fucking one take snake. Oh, that that was awesome, dude. Hey folks and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm Riggs and I'm here with my man Addy. How you doing, buddy? I am doing good. That's that's good. And I just want to let everybody know I slayed that intro in one take. Ooh. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Got my tea. <sighs> Sorry, that's gonna trigger some people. I know that you know, food eating and drinking noises sometimes make people go, Ugh, but that's that's okay. We'll just cut that part out. It's not a problem. Um, what's going on, my main man? It's been a minute. Um, we, we, again, another huge gap. I was interstate for a little while doing some nonsense. Um, and now I'm back and, and, and we're talking about, what is it called again? Across the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse? Across the Spider-Verse. Around the Spider-Verse? Across? It, yeah. And, uh, we're going to chat about that. And yeah, it is kind of part five of our, uh, Legacy of the Spider-Man series that we did do last year after I went to the Spider-Thon. Um, uh, yeah, almost to the year. So, Welcome back, Spidey. Um, but yeah, what's going on with you, man? Well, first of all, I can't unsee the face you made when you said, Ur. like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I have a very animated. I've got a good face for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> good face for podcasting. This guy looks weird. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That'll haunt your dreams. You're on. It's, it's a lovely thing. <laughs> oh, well, bless. Bless you. Um, what, what have you been up to, man? You've been busy? Uh, I have. I've been I've been taking some pictures. I've been roaming around with friends, doing jack shit, and I've been listening to our, our podcast. You've been listening to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> which is something. <laughs> Why? Which, which is something I never thought that I'd do, but it's like it's it's going back, and it's sometimes it's like therapy. It, yeah, well, I like to go back and think about what, what we're talking about because my mindset has changed so much in the last six months. Um, and six months previous to that, I would have been the most staunch defender of some of the stuff that we talk about. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm putting it all aside. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk about Oppie Oppenheimer, which is a good example of, um, of you know, how, how I'm feeling about movies at the moment. And all this AI stuff and the strike and it just, it makes you reassess some shit, you know? Disney VFX artists are unionizing. Yeah. Um, you know, people big, are standing up. Big, big moves. Big, big moves. Yeah. And that, that's that's great. You know, we want people to be represented as best they can and to be paid for their work um, and not marginalized. So, um, but yes, here we are. Uh, it's Filmatics Podcast. Welcome back. And, and, and what we're going to do now is what we love to do. We're going to talk about some shit that we watched, some stuff that we consumed. Um, and it's in a segment that's called What Are We Watching? Yes, what I'll be watching. Um, I watched some very interesting shit, uh, including Oppie, which we'll get to at the end <laughs> because it have a very funny story about the, the cinema experience, which I was mad about at first. And then afterwards, I was like, fucking whatever. It doesn't really affect you that much. Grow up. Um, okay. What have you been watching? 
So I did the Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, double feature. Same day? Same day in 45 minutes gap. That's all right. It's enough time to come out, have a wee, get some popcorn, get back in. Yeah. I feel like eating popcorn's a little bit... It <laughs> you is. You know, Oppenheimer, it's weird. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? I should be eating like barley sugars or something or <laughs> licorice. I don't know what they had in 1940s. What'd they have? Wheat. Um, <laughs> and chicken pot pie. I really don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> mm. Certainly not this version of myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have lasted about 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so h- how was the experience of the two in the one day? Uh, it was uh, it, was, it was surprisingly well-managed for me. I don't, I don't know why. Like, I, I managed both well. Like, I... I felt like I got I got all of all of it from Oppenheimer and I got all of it from Barbie, and then I went on the internet and I cursed on the people who said that Barbie was anti men because fuck that. Yeah, you're watching it wrong, pals. <laughs> it's it's just you know I was talking to a friend of mine about it yesterday and she was saying she loved it and 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 whatnot and um people people come out like they're ready they're like the fucking frankenstein village people he hasn't even really done i know i know i killed that girl in the lake <laughs> but it was an accident he's not actually a monster he's misunderstood i don't know where the frankenstein's got nothing to do with this at all neither of these movies are frankenstein but the point is is that people are ready they're, they're they are sitting behind their keyboards with their tiny little pitchforks and their tiny little minds and they're ready to fucking go whatever it is and it doesn't matter people are saying the same thing about oppenheimer that it's underrepresenting women yet of course it is think about the time period um you know it's and, and you you start it's, again i talk about them all time but i listen to them every day so it makes sense Steve Sadek from the We Hate Movies podcast said, if you fill that cast, like if you diversify that cast for the sake of, you know, diversifying or getting even, you know, you know, more interesting actors in or whatever, you remove the inherent male whiteness that that was going on at that time period, which is really critical to the story. Um, And I make the argument that, you know, Florence Pugh's character in that is is disregarded, uh, you know, by by the story because Oppenheimer disregards her and she's only important after the fact and then, and and this beautiful, you know, beat, this beautiful, you know, um, uh, arc of truth that runs through that film, is um, uh, Emily Blunt, and yep. and and then all of a sudden at the end, she is a fucking gangster. Like, yeah, people are gonna have their opinions based on a mass idea, and we'll get to that when I talk about something that I watched recently. It, 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 like, people take on the broader idea of what something is as opposed to fine-tuning their own ideas absolutely so but it, regardless of all that horse shart what do you think of the of the films you tell me your opinion well i did i did tell you that i didn't like i, did, I didn't love oppenheimer and you are oh you're, you're you're racist and you're sexist and you don't like bombs and shit man i i don't that's <laughs> <laughs> like i don't fucking don't man i don't like bombs either it's ridiculous um <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I want to talk about bombs? Fuck. Um, go again. So you didn't, you didn't really like it, or you didn't, you didn't no, feel it. Didn't I? Didn't it. I, I? Didn't love it. Like I, I told you that I like to me, like the peak, like the peak, like the peak version of Chris, a Christopher Nolan movie, is when like he gets weird, like when he's like, let's go into a fucking black hole, right? Let's go, let's go, let's do fucking time travel, but make it practical. 
like let's fucking walk and breathe backwards mm. like to me like his his best work is tenet and yeah. like i knew i knew like like the facts surrounding like the actual fucking bomb and everything i just i knew that this wasn't for me mm-hmm. but the like the, the the film lover in me was fucking jerking off the whole entire three three hours because yeah. fuck man like here here we didn't get the IMAX version. Neither did we get the 70mm version. But like what they're doing with fucking IMAX here is fucking like it is it is sacrilege to my religion because they're taking the standard version and they're putting it on the IMAX screen and like blowing it up. Standard version of what? Oh, the Oppenheimer. Of yeah. Oppen- yeah, that's no, nah, you, you need you need the actual proper print sized otherwise it's not gonna look right. Yeah. So I I just I went to a art house theater that was showing it and I watched it projected on film and it was mm. it was incredible. Like there were there there was there was noise in, in like the blacks of the blacks of the screen and oh god, it's just yeah. It really does make a huge difference. Um and and I've always been a, a fan of celluloid. I, I go and see m- movies at the Astor that are projected because they've still got a thirty five millimeter and a seventy millimeter um projector there makes a huge difference you know it's like it's a difference between vinyl and 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 digital music as well and i know digital music is great and it's what we listen to most of the time but sometimes you just there's that ambience that you know tonal warmth um that you just can't get it feels like you're there with it you know and you're in it um like i saw oppenheimer twice in in 70 millimeter the aster was running a series in 70 mil um and incredible just the, the I, I took my fiance the, the first time and she hadn't seen a film on projected on film i don't think and she was like it was remarkable the difference like how beautiful it is how rich the blacks are how deep the color is and the tone um you know this film was shot entirely on imax uh just an incredible um technical achievement given its pedigree given the fact that he doesn't he doesn't shoot like he shoots a lot of fucking handheld. Like the poor um, Hoyt Van Hoytum or whatever his name is, DP, had, literally has that fucking thing on his shoulder. Yeah, um, you know, and it's loud and it's big, and yet he doesn't loop dialogue. There was no visual effects. There was comping and stuff. And but I was saying to that to him, she goes, "How the fuck did they do the explosion?" Then I was like, "It's forced perspective." The same way they did Lord of the Rings, which turns out to be the case. Um, and and yeah, just the the craft of it. And the care and the detail, like, even if you don't dig the story, and I really did, I love the way that he tells stories disjointedly. And he wrote the screenplay in the first person as well, like, which is really interesting to make it a really specific idea. Um, But even if you don't, like you you said, you know, you didn't really dig on on the story, but you can't not stand up and take notice of what he's doing in comparison to everything else that's being done as well um people he is the only one making films like this uh and 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 he will he will be well i mean like on this scale like yeah it's it's what we talked about you know yeah when you see it when you see christopher nolan picture you know it's christopher nolan picture because he's got those weird inserts he's got that specific lens choice that handheld um and then with the, the the broad um you know sort of helicopter shots and stuff and you know that scope um 
yeah, just 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 stunning, and 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 like contrasted so beautifully by Barbie, which was made very practically, and you know that beautiful oh, yeah. transition shot where they go from Barbie land to the real world, and you know there's real people and sets and craftsmanship and all that stuff, but very different, and and you know. It, 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 that's that's great because it gives you that the, these are the two things that Hollywood can be. You know, this is this is what we can produce outside of. You know, I know Mattel's probably going to have a Mattelverse now, but right. outside of that, these two are two original films that came out. Um, you know, based on previous material, but that came out in at the same time and have both done really really well. I think a lot of studios are going to be have to. You know, Disney and stuff are going to be on. Fuck, what are we doing? Yep. And we fucking called it Barbie, and right now has crossed a billion dollars. I told you, Oppenheimer's got to be not far off. It'll be maybe by the time it ends its run, because I know that they've extended the seventy millimeter screenings to the end of August in the states, which might help out as well. But That's it'll true. be close. It'll be pretty close. But and it's also gonna Greta Gerwig is is now the most successful um, female director of all time. Um, in terms of the, the money that her picture has made, which is really, really great. It shouldn't be the be-all and end-all of what's going on, but it is good. It means she'd be able to make a lot of choices and go out there and do whatever work she wants to do. Apparently, she's going to be going to Netflix to do the Narnia series. But, um, yeah, just like Christopher Nolan will be looked back upon as one of the greats. Um, you know, in, in 10, 15, 20 years' time when he's at the end, not the end of his life, obviously, but, you know, he's he's getting towards the end of his career. You know, he's probably in his 50s now. Um, let's say he gets, you know, into his 80s, whatever, and he makes another 10 films or something. By the time you get there, he's going to be thought of in the same sentences as Hitchcock. Um, 100%. Or, or Stanley Kubrick. And fight me if you want. You know, time will tell. We can't, we don't know. Maybe his next 10 films will suck and, and he'll blow it or whatever. But, I feel like he's going to be one of the most important, probably if not the most important filmmaker of his generation, definitely. Yeah, like I would, I would argue that we that that Christopher Nolan needs to be in in that in that sentence right now. Like he has, he's the only one who's made like he makes indie films on the budget of blockbusters. Absolutely, and that is something you like you you will never see. Yeah. It can only be done by him. And, like, it's... Christopher Nolan's a god. Like, he... Like, no matter what... No matter, like, your stance on how weird he gets or, like, how how complex his, his stories are, he always makes an effort to never let the audience fall back on what what the fuck is actually happening. Mm. And it's, it's something that a lot of people... A lot of, like... Filmmakers now just don't—they don't have it. He—he—he's it was the thing I, I I said to a friend of mine who was like, "Oh man, it's so it's so wordy and there's so much going on. And it's so you know you you don't feel the time because it, it, there's so much happening all the time." And I said, "Yeah, he doesn't. He's not going to fucking hold your hand. He's like, this is the story. This is the way I'm telling it. Catch up. Yep. And if you can't catch up, you either you, it's either not for you or you got you got to watch it again, you know. And it, and it's and I did. I, I I got more out of it the second time because I was able to absorb more of the information and take on more of the story and connect some of the threads. But I like movies that challenge me like that. I don't want you know. Sometimes you go and see the Meg too, and it's fucking it's lunacy, and you you turn yourself off, and that's just it's it's fodder. 
but then sometimes you want to be challenged and um and i love that about him i, I went out and bought his entire filmography apart from the following because i couldn't find it um outside of uh inside the like australia um i bought all of his his movies on either blu-ray or, or 4k because i just I'm, I'm taking myself back to school i want to understand how this guy works and um self-made man self-taught just made Absolutely. started making films oh, yeah. when he was young and and never went to film school like that's if you're out there and you want to make movies, just pick something up, anything that records and go out there and do it because there's no one stopping you at this point. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Was there anything else you watched? What do you want to tell me about Barbie? <laughs> oh, Barbie was Barbie was amazing in everywhere. I cried, I cried a few times. Like it was, it's, it's what I wanted Barbie to be. And it was exactly that. I do, I do wish that, that there is some version of that film where it's three and a half hours long because fuck me, there's so much. There is yeah. so much in that film. But yeah, it's it's, it's an you. amazing story. Mm. It, I, the thing that got me... Sorry, yeah, go ahead. It's just, there's there's a line in the trailer which is the theme of the entire film, which is humans have a, humans have an ending and ideas live forever. And it is how you take that, it, that and that's the movie. Like you don't, mm. you don't have to, you don't have to think about what it's saying about patriarchy, what it's saying about how how people have seen Barbie and what Barbie's supposed to be, or what the toy is supposed to be. It's just that idea of of the of how you perceive something and how something so random can affect you. No, I I, I totally understand. For me, it was. Um, the the scene where she's in the real world and she sits down at the bus stop with the old lady and she's looking around and she's looking at some people having an argument and she's sad and she looks at someone laughing and she laughs and, and it's Barbie is an empath. Of course she is because you project your feelings on it. That's the whole part of the story about why she's feeling the way that she is. Um, and that, that gives such um, weight and credence to the character. And... I mean, Ryan Gosling's amazing. <laughs> He's yeah, just, just what a, what a remarkable performance, and with so much confidence as well of, of you know knowing knowing exactly what he's doing. Um, yeah, a truly inspired uh, uh, to to take it that far, and um, and that ending where where the fucking Billie Eilish song comes in. Like, <gasps> I, I like Billie Eilish. I think she's she's really great, and and you know I don't listen to her music heaps or anything, but I do like that you know some of her tracks and stuff. Um, she lives a little bit too much in the public eye, which I think is can be not great for a young person, but that's neither here nor there. Um, she, that song is... Yeah, it is. And I was I was holding back tears, let me tell you that much. I don't know I was holding back. It was, fucking, it was a, you know, would have been perfectly fine to cry. But um, yeah, it was... I, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. Brady Eilish has already won an Oscar for No Time To Die. I really, really mm. want her to win for this one. Because fuck yeah. me, this song is like it is, like the Dua Lipa song in the beginning is amazing, for mm. sure. Like it's it's something you can dance for like a whole generation for, and you will yep. get hurt. But this this is what the film is. Yeah, just that moment where she's like, "You guys ever think about death?" I'm like, oh, "Okay, this is different. This is a different story than I think yeah. it's going to be." Um, was there anything else? Yes, want? yes, there was. Yes. Oh, he's excited. <laughs> oh, he's very excited. Whatever the film. <laughs> Yeah, we it was okay. So that was the Barbie and Oppenheimer review. Mm, the Oppenheimer. Yep, we need to, we needed to do that because we were from buffs. We we just we need to. That's, I didn't want to do episodes on them though because everybody's doing that, and it's just yeah. not that that's a problem. Like do what you want, folks. But I just it was too easy. You know, yep. it would have been too easy. 
So, so our secret invasion, it was shit. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not doing well. I, I've, I've checked out. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up if I need to, but I doubt I will. Um, you don't have and, to. And, and like, it's, it's gone. It's, it's just, gone. It's yeah. finished. Yeah. I hear spoilers alert. Spoilers alert. Spoilers alert. Rhodey's a fucking scroll. I mean, he was supposed to be, but then they made it that Rhodey's been a scroll since Civil War, which is yeah. like the, like fuck you, dude. Like takes the teeth no, out of no. a lot of those other pictures. I'll tell you that much. Not you, but fuck, fuck you, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're grasping. I think they're trying to. They're going for shock value maybe now to get people interested again after after Quantumania didn't do great and after um. Wakanda Forever didn't do great, and it's just I, th- I feel like they're scrambling to to be, for relevance, um, which is which can be which can be difficult. Um, sorry, so but what's the thing that you watched that you did want to talk about? Yes, I, I watched season two of Heartstopper because it dropped, and I watched it three times in one day, and I will, ah, it was so good. <laughs> You're gonna have to tell me what that is. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry, it's just yeah. People so, out there know. I'm the one who doesn't know. Like, you need to tell me. So, based on based on a graphic novel, Heartstopper is a Netflix original show about about teenagers in year year ten and eleven. For those who don't know, that's grade nine and ten. Mm. Because we have IGCSE, so we have year ten and eleven. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't I've have never, seniors or juniors or anything. Like that. Yeah, I've never said that before because I didn't do IG. So. That's okay. That's totally yeah. fine. Um, okay, anyway. And it's about it's about young people discovering themselves and it, it's just is full on LGBTQ agenda and I fucking love it because it it is just so amazing. Like yeah. se- season one is is beautiful and it has a lot of themes. And season two expands on those themes in, in a way that just it, it, it makes you cry. I can't I can't describe it any other way. Like it I have like I it's weird. I have a connection to each and every character of that show. The characters that are there for a minute, for a, of a screen time, I I have a kind of, I have a connection to them. It is. I I didn't need you to watch it because it is it's it's something that you can you can just feel like it, it's hard to put into words. What's it, it on? It's on Netflix. Okay. And. As soon as season one came out, Netflix greenlit season two and three. So season two came out now, and three comes out hopefully, hopefully next year, depending on how mm, the writers are. Depending goes. on the strike and everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna check it out. Everyone else, you check it out also. Um, it sounds. It sounds like. I mean, Addy's a good gauge. So if Addy likes something, if he says <laughs> Secret Rules is for shit, and and Heartstopper is is the business, get into it. Was it Heartstopper? Heartstopper. Because I fucked it up. Gobstopper. Um, that's, a, that's a very different show. Gobstopper sounds dirty. Okay. So, what, is, is there anything else? Uh, no. What have you been watching, though? What have I been watching? Let me tell you. Let me just do... I'll do Oppenheimer first because it was last night. No. Night before last. Went to uh, the Astor. My place of peace. My church. And, yeah, they're doing the 70 millimeter run. And I had to say it again. 70 mil. It's too beautiful. And there were two dudes. Look, I don't, I don't want to like tell people what to do, but there's there's certain cinema etiquette. All right, it's like talking at the theater. You can't. You're not supposed to talk at the theater. Don't talk at the cinema, and fucking 
put your phone away because it's completely dark. And when you pull your phone out, it's distracting. Like people look at the screen because it's the only source of light in the room and it breaks up the, the, like the depth of field of where you're looking. Yeah. There were two dudes they were sitting, and, and again, I'm, I'm trying not to judge people, and I don't know them for shit, but I just know that this behavior speaks to being rude at best. They were pulling out their phone every few minutes, and they weren't checking the time or, or you know, seeing if they got a message from their mum or anything like that. They were on social media. And one of them, <laughs> one of them had a video of himself doing pull-ups shirtless and he was looking at the comments and i'm like you're sitting here watching this movie about this subject you know for that's for that's for starters this is about the, the creation of the the atomic bomb in, in, in a beautiful 70 millimeter print in in a glorious legacy theater that's hundreds of years old or 100 years old or whatever and you're looking at people commenting on you doing pull-ups fucking sort your life out mate like get your shit together that's not 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 the place nor the time to do that if you want to do that if you want to be on instagram and be an influencer and do workout stuff god bless you there's some workout people that i follow because they have good advice and you know uh, about workouts and he, he might be one of those people but you don't do that at that place at that time during that movie it's fucking ridiculous and it's kind of it's 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 insulting to to the, the craftspeople who worked on that film and to the people in that room who took time out of their their day to go and see this film because they care about movies. What the fuck, you know? I would take I would happily take the two fucking people when I went to see Dune who were inside of each other. I would happily take that sloshing around sound than fucking <laughs> Then dudes on their phone looking at anything. Like, it doesn't matter that he was looking at a thing. Like, people need to have a healthy ego. It's totally fine. He was obviously in really good shape. He's a good looking dude. But what's going on? The other one was just on Instagram or fucking... What's the, not, what's the one where you swipe left and right? That's Tinder. Tinder. But yeah, so that he was on that. I'm like, are you hooking up later? Or <laughs> at Oppenheimer, I'll come over and bomb you. I don't, I don't know what he... It's, yeah, I don't know. Some... some <laughs> Drop a cum bomb. Don't say no, cum bomb. No, no, no. <laughs> that might not stay in. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was really disrespectful. Um, but uh, just quickly, a couple of things I did watch. Oh, dear. Uh, speaking of cum bombs, my God. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> Another Holy cum bomb, sh- dude. Another cum bomb. Holy shit. I don't know what the big deal is. Like, I think <sighs> I know that the... the I know this is a conspiracy then. I know that the the stuff surrounding that and Olivia Wilde's relationship with the One Direction kid and and uh, uh, the um, the Spitgate, all that all that fucking guff around this movie, like, is is really. I think it soured people on the idea of the film, and 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 people just want films to be the way that they want them to be in instead of just accepting the way that they are it's not a bad movie it's just not for you this collective critic thing that we've all got going particularly on the internet has got to fucking go no one has an opinion anymore it's just this this group idea of what something either should be or isn't and and instead of going i'm going to figure this out for myself and and whatever so i had, I had a really good time with it i was completely engaged i thought it was really interesting the ending was the ending suffered a little bit for me, but for whatever reason, I won't mention it because it'll ruin it. But yeah, go and check it out. I mean, Francis Pugh, 
forget about it. She's 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 you know one of the most interesting actresses working today. Um, I did see the Meg Two. You did. I went to see Meg. It's not the Meg. It's Meg Two, the, the Trench. trench. Yeah. And they spend an awful lot of time in the trench. And I went to see it with with my friend Adrian, and she's a big shark movie f- person. She loves shark movies as, as as do I. So I went and saw that. She was suitably pleased as well. And I won't say anything about it other than this. There's a full-on Kraken in it. A full-on Kraken. Fuck off. And no way. There's a Kraken. I'm telling you. And the, the creme de la creme of the film, Jason Statham, roundhouse kicks a dude into a shark. It is, it is, it is just the fact that Oppenheimer and, and the Meg 2 came out within a few weeks of each other and that they're both films in the traditional sense of the word, is absolutely amazing. If there can be all the colours of the rainbow and all genders and all sexual orientations and all fruits and all vegetables and all the options in the world, there, there must be these two things also, you know? Like, it couldn't it couldn't happen at a more perfect time. Ridiculous. Go and check it out. And finally, last night I watched um, uh, Fatal Attraction from 1987, I think it was, with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. I watched it for the We Hate Movies podcast because that's their episode for this week. And I'd never seen it. I thought, oh, okay, I'll give this a look. You know, why not? It's on Paramount Plus. Give it a peep. And, and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time and everything. But damn! Talk about sexy movies. This There is full-on titty-sucking in a lift. And oh. and it and blowjobs and finger bunging and all it is erotic as hell in a way that movies aren't now and it just it is so it's it was so surprising in this sort of you know superhero sanitized Disney averse kind of film world that we live in now where everybody's completely sexless and nobody even touches one another on the bum um, with a finger, let alone fucking you know sucking titties in a lift it was it was really like t- took me aback for a second it was like that. it was like when i saw the, the i was watching uh, any given sunday and i saw that woman's entire vagina in a shot you're like wow that's we're at soft core porn levels now comparatively it was just weird but the movie's quite good michael douglas is i don't know he, he was an absolute poon hound in the 80s and 90s he was like a sex symbol and i have no idea why ridiculous anyway <laughs> oh having a good time um so that's what we were watching and after what we were watching um we also like to do uh one of our other segments which is uh, the nerd news do you want to do yes do you let's do, you do. let's do let's do do So as Addie mentioned, uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie has officially passed one billion dollars at the box office, and apparently there's no no sort of uh, sequel in uh, in in the offing. Good. Uh, which which would be really interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't know what a sequel to that would be anyway, um, unless they it was a different Barbie perhaps. But um, so congratulations, Greta, um, highest grossing movie ever solely directed by a woman. Um, now this is an interesting one. It's in two parts, and we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, the um, DC artist uh, Jay Oliver, um, who was a 
he's a director of some of the animated pictures, but he's also a storyboard artist. Um, and he worked on a lot of stuff with Zach during his tenure at DC. Um, he has come out and said, uh, uh, not only uh, would Zack Snyder's planned uh, DCU sort of storyline conclude with a Flashpoint Paradox movie um, in the traditional sense, Reverse Flash would have been the ultimate big bad guy in Zack's um, films. Uh, it was... Um, uh, when they were uh, doing the Flash film, when it was originally going to be um, a different director, they were, yeah, laying the groundwork for um, Eobard Thorne or Professor Zoom to be the major villain, uh, not Darkseid. Um, he would have been pulling the strings sort of behind uh, behind the scenes, which would lead to a Justice League Unlimited-style Snyderverse, um, and we would have got probably what would have been a more accurate representation of the Flashpoint Paradox than we got in The Flash. Addy... How do you feel about this, sir? Oh, just something that we talked about on the last podcast that, that just happens to be true. <laughs> it's funny, though. You, you said it best because you sent me this story or one of those stories, one of those portions of stories. Um, and the you like the person there was... I mean, they might have been a, a real Snyderhead. I don't know. But you were saying all these people are now behind this. They're like, oh, it should have happened. And you were like, where the fuck were all these people when everyone was trashing Zach? And, and talking about get, getting reboots, like all of a sudden you want this. Um, you know, you can't have it both ways. I, on, I only remember this because I don't remember like half of the shit I've said on the show. <laughs> but I, on, I only remember this because I was recently listening to the James Gunn podcast that we did. And I say it in that, that and I repeat it here, that it's all, it's all going to be just one thing. It, it's... Believe it or not, the DCEU had just fucking variety, right? You could have a dark yet hopeless story. You could have a dark story about about these goons that come together to to save a world from a fucking goddess who wants to rule the earth. You can have you can have a story where where hope dies and yet that the hope dying brings brings hope of a, of a team in, in the most hopeless person in that universe. Right? Yeah, dude. No fucking shit. Reverse Flash was going to be the end of it. Like, there is no other way to end a whole Justice League arc than to, than to have Barry Allen go back and not stop himself from running. It is, it is, it is the most basic, yet the most full circle moment that can that can impact the whole entire Justice League because they I know this because they did it. The the DC AMU ends with that and it ends with white screen and each and every hero shadow just fading away and then you see the three people who fucking told Barry Allen to run back and not not stop himself. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. Their shadows linger on for five seconds. I get and I can understand your um your fervor as well your your um very strong response to this uh because it's you know it's silly also it would have been a great way to reset you know if they wanted to do that um like you sent me that video of like james gunn talking about the flash and he's like it's going to reset the whole dc universe and there's that guy going nope no it didn't no it didn't at all <laughs> um yeah there's so much misinformation out there it's it's you know it's like global warming at this point um Certainly not as threatening, but yeah, it's there's there's a lot of people talking a lot of shit and and um, but it would have been interesting. It would have been really interesting to see where we would have ended up with that. Um, now, 
second to last story because the last story leads us into our main topic, which is across the spider versings. Um, yes, uh, 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 this is a, a in memoriam for um, William Friedkin, uh, Billy to his friends. Uh, William Friedkin passed away on the seventh of August, twenty twenty-three. Um, fantastic director. Um, started as a, as a documentary filmmaker, um, and then uh, in the early seventies, uh, late sixties, moved on to. Um, uh, directing feature films, uh, most notably uh, The Boys in the Band and The French Connection. Uh, French Connection is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so guerrilla, um, you know, it's so grungy and, and documentary style and handheld. It was just unlike anything that had been seen at the time. I love that style of filmmaking. Like I, that, a lot of that you know, DNA seeps into the work that I do. Um, he also directed The Exorcist, um, which is, you know, still thought of as, as one of the, the deadliest movies of all time. Uh, he directed a really great film in 1977 called The Sorcerer, which is about um, a bunch of mercenary-type guys who are traversing a very, um, I don't know, hostile landscape in a truck filled with nitroglycerin, and they have to be really careful that this thing doesn't blow up. Um, and it is it is pulse-poundingly uh, 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 filled with action, I guess. Um, well, it's not even action, it's more suspense and... and, and dread and drama um definitely worth checking out he also directed cruising with al pacino um uh, to live and die in la which is um which is a really great film uh had some you know did some all right stuff in um uh, uh sort of the 90s and, and, and 80s he directed a film called jade 12 angry men rules of engagement uh hunted um which is a good film i rewatched recently with um tommy lee jones but uh, yeah, just a, a fantastic filmography. Um, he, he was notoriously a bit of a dick. Uh, there's a lot of interview footage of him coming down pretty hard on people. Um, he was re- like Gene Hackman didn't like him at all when they were making the French Connection. He was he was real sort of stern and particular, um, and and uh, and and whatever. But he made wonderful films. Not making wonderful films isn't an excuse for being an asshole. But uh, he did he did make some beautiful movies. Um, so I just wanted to shout him out real quickly. And finally. I have one more. I have one more. I have one more. What's what's your one? So I have this, and I sent you that, and I'll bring it up because I, I really do want to rant about this. Okay. Um. So Wonder Woman three is in development and is also a reboot with a different version of Diana played by Gal Gadot. Yep. <laughs> hey, do you want to let's let's write a book called How to Confuse the Shit Out of People One Hundred and One. People aren't going to understand that. It was like when they recast Batman. It was, you know, Which one? Like, is this... How many times? I just, remember, ha- I just been... remember having, yeah, I just remember having a conversation with someone when Ben Affleck got cast, and, and they were like, "What happened to Christopher? What happened to um, Christian Bale?" I'm like, "It's a different movie." So yeah, but like, is he just taking over the role? I'm like, "Well, technically, he's taking over the role of Batman, but it's a different universe." And they just, co- I couldn't explain it to them. Um, you know, I, we're different times now, but I feel like it's going to confuse some people. Yeah. This is, it, it is weird and it's kind of frustrating because the Flash was supposed to be the last of whatever the fuck the Snyderverse was. Yeah? I call it I call it whatever the fuck because we never really got to know what, it, what the fuck it was supposed to be. For like the last, for like the last, what, nine months now? You've been marketing this as a, as a reboot. Yeah? There's a new Justice League that's supposed to happen. There's a new Superman that's now there. That's like not on screen, but is going to be on screen in, in the coming years. If this if if this can be another version of 
or Wonder Woman, yet played by the same actress. What is stopping you from doing the same with Ben Affleck? What is stopping you doing the same with Henry Cavill? If you sure. say if you say that these are that these are connected stories and we are only going in one direction, then why is there a bat? Why is there the Batman two and three? Why is there a Joker? Yeah, and if you're saying, oh well, these are Elseworld stories, then why can't there always be Elseworld stories? What happened to the mentality of people saying Elseworlds is the only way that DC films can be great again? Elseworlds has always been like the biggest, like the biggest pull for people because if you don't like the main thing, you still got stories that you can that you can pull from that are amazing. It's very, it's very frustrating because you know the whole Henry Cavill thing happened three weeks, mm. right? Three weeks of glory. If you say that this is a total reboot, then why are you picking and choosing the things that you want to reboot? Mm. There was no contract of, of Gal Gadot having a third film. But there was a contract of Henry Cavill continuing to be Superman for two new movies. There was a contract of Ben Affleck making making two Batman films and a series. Right? If you can trash that, why do you keep this? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good question. And, and I'm sure that someone will ask that. And I'm sure that James Gunn will answer them because he fucking answers everybody asking him questions about everything and like the answer that won't work is that oh it's a different it's a different take if it's a different take why not a different wonder woman why not have gal Gadot as the as the executive producer and being in a role of handing over the role instead of carrying it into an into a new version where where in like two years you're gonna reboot her again yeah uh, and and the batman thing works even better because Ben Affleck's kind of the perfect age to have Damien come in because they're doing Brave and the Bold and Damien's going to be introduced. He'd be the perfect age to have a teenaged son. Um, and, 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 and he he would feel more like a dad as opposed to if they go younger, you know, Ben Affleck's probably 50-something, I'd say, or probably on 50. That's the perfect time to be having those kind of conversations. So, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, I, this is a bit off point, but I... I dreamt of a scene yesterday where mm. it is is Ben Affleck's Batman looking looking from in well in the Snyder where uh, Metropolis and Gotham are sister cities. So this yeah, like they, New, they, York, they, New Jersey, yeah. Yeah, they share they share somewhat of a skyline together. And it's it it was it was Batman in full costume with, with Robin that presumably was Damien Wayne. And he was looking up at the sky. And Damien just asks, "What are you looking at?" And Batman just smiles. And you see, and, awesome. you, and you see the sun. He's like, "Of course, of course." He's, he's 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 watching his friend. Yeah, watching his pal. I love that. I love that. Well, look, I guess we'll we'll see what we shall see. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm my my my. I've handed in my chips as far as this stuff goes. I'm, I'm like, no, nah, thanks. These the value of this is starting to go down. I'm I'm not interested anymore. Not that I need it to have value, like in terms of conversationally or anything, and we'll be able to, to keep talking about it. That's that's not what I'm interested in. It just doesn't hold as much value to me. Um, and speaking of things not holding value, what the fuck? Uh, this leads into our our conversation about across the Spider Verse. Uh, Sony has delayed Spider-Man beyond the Spider-Verse indefinitely uh, due to the writer's strike um, as the voice cast can't finish their recordings in time for to, to meet the, um, the March 29th, 2024 deadline. A new date hasn't been announced as yet. So in light of that news, um, across the Spider-Verse, 
we're back with the with Miles um, and uh, and uh, Gwen, and this time it's we're traversing the multiverse, which is very very pop even in a bigger way, um, very popular at the moment. Um, but I feel like this is kind of this broke ground on on the idea of the multiverse stuff um, even before No Way Home. Um, and, and introduces a new idea about these canon events, these events that, that have to take place within Spider-Man's life in order for timelines to remain, remain smooth. And you have um, Miguel, uh, who is Spider-Man 2099, who's one of my, I think, one of the best designed characters of all time, um, played wonderfully by Oscar Isaac, uh, coming in and trying to correct all the mistakes that have been made uh, across the multiverse um, because, of, uh, because of these canon events. Um, you know, being uh, being Disrupted. a threat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I loved it. What 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 do you think? I watched I watched the first one when I was sixteen. Has it been that long? Fuck. Okay. Yeah, it was it was twenty eighteen. That's crazy. Yeah, because they killed they killed Spider Man twice. Remember, because it was it was uh, Infinity War when when Spider Man gets snapped, and then it was Christmas mm. of the same year when they killed Peter Parker. In uh, into the Spider Verse. Jesus, talk about a pandemic! All these spider people getting fucked up. Um, right, okay. So you saw it when you were sixteen, and it and it had an effect. It did because it was it was the same year as the Stars Born came out, and I decided that I wanted I wanted to do something in film, and then I saw that I saw Into the Spider Verse, and I was like, I just fucking give up, like. <laughs> <laughs> oof. So when Spielberg saw Lawrence of Arabia and was like, fuck. How am I possibly going to compete? Yeah, I get that feeling. Yeah, I was I was the same uh, same age as Miles was in that, mm. and it it had an impact. Like it, it really fucking did. Like that's my favorite Spider Man film ever made. I know No Way Home exists, but No Way Home only exists because of that film. Yeah, No Way Home also like plays. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a a spider-man film in the traditional sense it feels like a a series film like yeah across um sorry uh, into the spider-verse could have just been a solo picture it didn't need a sequel at all well it did not that it didn't need one but if they didn't make a sequel it still would have been probably the best because it was came from a specific place we've said it many times miles is the spider-man for now like his story is is more important than another white you know, middle-aged Spider-Man. It's why they're all the ones in the film who are wrong, um, you know, and how Miles discovers he is almost unstoppable. Like, his power is, is you know, uh, uh, he's not afraid because he is so powerful. He knows how to use that power for good now. Like, what a what a wonderful message to send to a young person of colour. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think anyone's ever accused of this podcast of being woke because that's not what our audience is like. But if if you feel like that's woke, whatever, I don't really give a shit. I think it's a really important um, uh, uh, eye on on the, this character and what this character can be, the character of Spider-Man. Um, and just as you were saying before, you were the same age as Miles then. They did a really good job in the animation of aging him up a little bit. Yeah. But subtly... Like it's not it's not super obvious or anything. Gwen's the same, you know. They look like young adults now. They don't look like kids anymore. Yeah, it's. I was I was sitting with. I'm not gonna name names because they don't watch this. But just in case, I was sitting with I was sitting with uh, my 
sitting with my friends who were two very horny fuckers. <laughs> okay. Did you have a dune type situation or were they checking their phones to make sure that their workout videos were getting lots of likes? No, it's just every time every time Gwen came on screen, you know, things happen. <laughs> especially especially the people who are like 16, 17. Sure, sure. That's a good thing, you know, whatever you're into. It's yeah. Fun. She's got the she's 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 very cute for ones and zeros. <laughs> yep. And they asked me and I was like I can't answer like any of those questions even if I wanted to because now I'm fucking 20 and she's still 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the subtle age up is is something I really appreciate because Gwen is a little bit more taller and mm. Miles is a bit his his neck is a is is a bit longer as well. But, yeah, and he's sort of like he like muscly like tone yeah. wise. He's been Spider Man for a good period now. A lot of flipping around, and whipping around, and doing all sorts of shit. Like it just little things like that are, are, are what make the show. Um, and and you know introducing the spot and having his, him sort of dictate the shift in animation style. Um, once once you kind of get into that, and uh, all the Spider people are animated differently. So much so that yes, it is the chef's kiss. So much so that you have animated versions of Spider-Man that have already existed. You know, even talking to to, to Miles in this film. You know, that great chase scene at the end where it's all of them up the vertical train line. Forget about it. Just what an incredible sequence. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the change in it. I think f- for me, where I was like, there's always a moment. It, you know, yeah. I said it before about uh, um, uh, a Barbie. You know, where she's 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 an empath, and I got it. And that's that's the click. That's the term where I'm like, okay, I'm in. Whatever this is, whatever the rest of this is, I, you've got me. For me, it was when you saw Gwen's universe. Um, yeah, outside of the, the the drums at the start, when you see her with her dad and the color on the walls moving, um, and and the, the the tonal shift, like when she runs over and gives her dad a hug, and it plumes with warm color. Like I was just like. Someone really gives a shit about this. Someone really cares about how they're telling this story visually. Yeah, it was, it was twenty. It was twenty minutes before we we actually saw Miles. And yeah. it's it is it is more of her, more of her story than it is of Miles. D- yeah, she's the one who. I mean, they've got a really nice parallel. Um, you know, after the scene where they're sitting upside down on the gargoyle which is so cool. Like even animating them so that the, the, the stress of gravity is different on them is, is just, is beautiful. That is where they sort of, their paths diverge and they, they start going yeah. in opposite directions, but you know, opposite directions parallel to each other in terms of their growth. Um, and, and uh, you know, Gwen has to end up reconciling with what's actually happening to her and, 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 and within the, the spider community. Um, and, and Miles discovers the, the truest form of his, his power um so much so that he can come out to his mum at the end um even though it's spoilers abound for this episode too by the way um even though it ends also up it's on it's on it's on digital now so like it's it's legit been two months yeah that's true it's good that's kind of why we kind of like don't do things straight away so that we can talk about them properly um but yeah when it comes out to his mum and it's not his version of he's gone to the wrong universe um Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's Com- comes out as Spider-Man to his mom. Yes, comes out as Spider-Man. Sorry, like yeah, that would be more specific. Comes out as Spider-Man to his mum, or reveals himself as Spider-Man, and she's like, "Who the hell are you talking about?" And then it's you know he, in that universe, he's the Prowler, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, and, and forgive me if this is really you know insensitive or naive, 
um, seeing the um, uh, the Indian version of of Spider Man, like honestly, was that like something you ever thought that you would see? No. Do you like that section of the film? It's a it's a solid like what five minutes. There was a little bit too little of him, but he does set up a pretty important canon event. You know, which, he does. which gets shifted. Yeah. But I just, I, I was wondering, you know, because everybody sees him. The beauty of Spider-Man is that he wears a mask. You can project whoever you are onto him. You know, Todd McFarlane said that best. Um, you know, who do you think I am under this mask? Or what color do you think I am under this mask? But that's very specifically a, a, a Spider-Man who comes from, you know, the, the cult, that culture, you know, and the argument about the tea, the chai tea. Yeah. Being heard on that level is, is what I, or being seen on that level by, by you know, the, the, the people who make these movies, you know, must have made a difference. Yeah, it, it did. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of Spider-Man for so long, right? Like, for me, that was just another level of this is what Spider-Man can be. Like, it's to me, to me, to me now, Spider-Man is is mostly Miles because that's that's the story that I gravitate to more. Yeah, but like kids, kids and kids are like six, seven years old. That's 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 the thing that they have to see. Like, this is what Spider-Man can be, right? This is the power that that this story, this character has, right? Like when you when you see. John Henry Irons paint the fucking S on his on his suit. That's what Superman is. It's it's not it's not some alien flying. It's it's someone it's someone that's. I mean, it is. It's been the alien flying for so long. But the the main theme of Superman is is hope. I, I did I did not expect it, and I did not expect them to do it as well as they did. But I mean, that that section is also. Heavily, heavily uh, overshadowed by my favorite character in the whole film. Um, Spider Punk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. He's pretty cool. I like when he takes his mask off. How are you cooler with your mask off? Um, and you said it to me. They, they like he's he's uh, animated at a different frame rate, which is really he cool. Is. So he kind of looks like a poster, which is awesome. Um, that whole sequence is 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 fantastic. I, you know, I. I I think that's uh, because it looks so different. Like that's they took the time to say what what is the aesthetic of this if it was an entire book, you know, it, from its comic roots. Like if you made a Gwen Stacy book, it would be it would look like that. It it is it does have a softer, more feminine feel to it. Um, you know, not to put a gender on it, but that's that's how it felt to me. Um, and and you know the the representation of emotion through color and through texture and through tone is, is so specific. And, and, and spider punk's a great example of that. Like he's supposed to be a fucking, you know, a half torn off poster that's on a pole in, in, you know, the middle of West London, uh, in 1986, you know, that someone's put up their bands playing and someone's torn the bottom of it or whatever. Like he's supposed to look like that just to take the time. Or, Oh, fuck. The vulture at the beginning, who's like yes! a Leonardo da Vinci painting, just in- incredible insight into into how to make something visually interesting. And you're right, this Miles is every everywhere I go, um, uh, you know, cinema or, or you, anywhere where there's children. After this movie came out, and it's they're they're, you know, how sometimes you just walk around, you see kids and they're dressed up. Okay. They could be a princess or a dinosaur or whatever. The amount of Mileses 
Um, and, and the kids were of varying ethnicities as well. Um, and and on, I have friends who have kids as well and they're posting pictures of these kids' birthday parties and there's Miles standing right there and, and Gwen. That's that's the future. Peter Parker, the, the regular one, is I think his time's over. So much so that I don't reckon they should make another Tom Holland picture. I reckon that's... We're good. We're good there. Let's... You want to do live action or for starters, bring out the third one of these. <laughs> and if you want to do <laughs> yes, live action, thanks. just hire the fucking kid who does his voice. Oh my God. Yes. Right. He, he'd be, you could age him down. Like I, I, I know he's not, I think he's older than miles. He'd probably be in his twenties or something, but his voice, it is one of the most incredible voice performances I've ever heard. Um, you know, he's up there with Kevin Conroy, honestly, of, of embodying a character, just remarkable emotion. Um, through through a vocal capture, even more so than Haley Seinfeld in a lot of ways. I do think Haley Seinfeld shined a lot more in this one, especially but, the beginning. Yeah, when, it's, when it starts on her, yeah. But it's also because we spend more time with her here. We actually get to know why she's doing what she's doing, and then we get to then we get to see where she will end up. And I just yeah, yeah. I I mean she, the fact that it ends with her, she's like, yeah. I gotta go and save this guy. And um, it's up to me, kind of thing. Uh, and and the reality of the relationships for me ring true in a way that they don't in the live action films. Because in the live action films, you're always trying to set up the next thing and the next beat and all this kind of shit. With this, you know, to take the moment, to take the time to have an intimate scene on a rooftop where Miles is becoming very blasé about what he has to do as Miles and very, very dedicated to what he has to do as Spider-Man so much so that he's alienating his parents. And, and you know, his dad has this really important thing um, happen to him uh, where he's being promoted and they're having a party for him and he turns up late with the trashed cake and they have a fight. Everybody's had an argument with their parents like that. The emotional reality of this film far exceeds anything that it should be for what it's doing. It, it, this this could aim lowest common denominator and just be whatever the fuck ever, you know, and, and just be, it's for kids and it'll sell toys. People telling this story care about Miles and care about Gwen and care about his parents and care about their, their origins, you know, his his ethnicity being being of, of, of both African-American descent and also um, uh, Puerto Rican. Yep. Descent, is that correct? Um, and like that is really important to both of them. Like he's failing Spanish and she's like, excuse me? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're failing Spanish. And then you get something like uh, in terms of your villains, you know, the spot, obviously. He's kind of doing things in the background and then is set up to be the bigger villain, you know, in the third picture. Played wonderful by Jason Schwartzman, just hysterically funny, but then also incredibly tragic and incredibly rageful. Um, the turn that he makes when he discovers his power is is really chilling. Oscar Isaac, another great vocal performance. You know, you, you don't understand him at all. He's just like, I'm trying to stop these things from happening because... And then all of a sudden you realize he fucked up and he had this life that he stole from someone else and, and, and suffered the consequences of that so much so that he lost the people that he loved the most. What great motivation that you don't find in other places, you know, in these kind of stories. That's the big thing that we're always struggling with is the villain. And these these films have, have killed it. Like, remember Kim Pin in the last one? Kim Pin? Kim, Kim Pin. Kim Pin is like Kim Possible, except she's a, a gangster instead of an adventurer. Kim Pin. 
Kingpin, with his huge head and massive shoulders, his his understanding of of uh, uh, sorry, uh, your understanding of his motivations is so clear at the onset. He's he's literally cracking the universe open to get his family back. Yep, it's beautiful. What what amazing storytelling! I want to go back a bit because you said Kim Possible, and then I imagine Kingpin, but he's like he's a redhead. <laughs> he's red <getting laughs> and freckles. <laughs> And a fanny pack. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yes, we should do that. Kim Kim Possible, everyone. Or Kim Pin. Kim Pin Pin. That's her. I'm I'm pretty sure you made you made you make the same you make the same joke in the in the Legacy of Spider Man episode that we did with Miles. Do I? Yeah. yeah well we, we repeat I repeat jokes all the time at at the, the, the great annoyance of my friends and family because not only am I hysterical, I have a shitty memory. So um, I try to be hysterical more than once. I, I get told you've done that joke before a lot and I'm like, whatever, if something works, if it ain't broke. Oh you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, you know, gotta it's and I don't when people don't find it funny, I'm like, whatever, it, it's it it's still funny, it's just not for you. It's totally fine. Um, it's, it's, so t- tell me, it's exactly what I say about Wes Anderson films. It's just that's that's right. Yeah, yeah, and and so much so that people are trying to recreate them. Oh my god, that's yeah, idiots. Fuck. Did you see Craven got pushed back as well? Sorry, I was just remembering that. I did. That yeah. Spider Man trailer thing. Craven got pushed back almost a year. I... That's what happened to <laughs> Morbius. Hey, 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 Sony, <laughs> Sony. That's what happened to Morbius. And do you remember what a fucking clusterfuck that ended up being <laughs> it was a joke on a universal level creatures who live in the sea understood that morbius was shit <laughs> and that it was a huge joke craven's gonna be the next morbius oh, i can't wait i can't with sony making spider-man movies without spider-man i just i can't <laughs> it couldn't be more of a a money thing but of course, because if they don't make the movies, they don't have the fucking license. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you get into that that kind of a situation. But, but anyway, let's let's get back to. There's no Craven the Hunter in Across the Spider Verse, unfortunately. There'll be next time. It's pretty funny seeing Donald Glover in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Those that, that caught me by surprise. That caught me by surprise more than than when Andrew Garfield showed up. Yeah, he should have been a different Miles though, because originally True. like they were they were talking about him being cast as Spider Man. Yeah, but he's he's the prowler in like the, the in the MCU. The yeah, MCU, no, I that, so yeah. I guess that's the line where they connect or whatever the fuck. I did like they threw a bit of shade to it, and it was like you know, don't even let me get started about what that you know that idiot and the sorcerer did on you know Earth nine 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 or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I just. T- tell me what you think, like in terms of its the set pieces. Let's let's talk about some of some of the kind of the big moments like for me it's that vertical train sequence that, mm-hmm. that you know i know that's kind of the denouement like that's kind of the end of the picture really like the last action set piece that whole chase with him and, and and peter parker saying i had a kid because of you oh my god you know like that little that little kid as well like i don't you you put a a, a <laughs> toddler or a rambunctious child into a film i normally check out but she was adorable the yeah. little mask Forget oh, she, she puts on the mask at the end of it. And, oh, my yep. God, dude. Yep. And and it, it, that's a, a great representation of that character and should be that way, I think. That's a really good way to have Peter Parker. I don't think you need this, the youthful version yeah. of him anymore. 
Um, but I yeah, think, set pieces. Yeah. Help me out here. What do you What do you think? Well, my favorite one was I can't. It is. It's either the Gwen Gwen versus Vulture or the first time we we see Bards versus Spot. Yeah, in the, the, the like, oh in the, my um, god, it's... in the bodega. Yeah, yeah, and then it like goes all over the place. And, the, and then like he goes into himself. Yeah, and then he goes into different different universes. That's what multiverse of madness should have been. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. He ends up in Lego world. He ends up getting hit in the face by the person in the old timey timey world. It's an interesting way to visually do that, you know. Um, multiverse was just kind of you saw a couple of different universes that had stuff that looked like it belonged in the same universe though this you it's different art style different coloring um different animators probably you know the lego world was legos you know it was it was that's that's what a multiverse should be like yeah um for every for every alternative and like until like we see him at the end yeah at the spot Mm. up until that point where he goes to alchemax and like and Hobie comes and he's like, use your palms. And which comes back around so perfectly. We'll talk yeah. about that. But like he, up until that point where he like, he like snaps the connection with like the the web between him and like the other four spider people. Yeah. And, and says, I will show you what I can be. And it's just, he's talking to Spider-Man. He's looked up to this guy and he, he feels like he... Spider-Man owes him something because he's Spider-Man because of like an experiment that he did. Yeah. And it's it's just it is that it's that whole like I wanted to be something and now I'm this. It's yeah. And then like after the film came out there were a few articles praising Aviarad, which I always hate. <laughs> they were praising Aviarad for like his idea for the spot being a good villain. This is what I, I fucking hate about internet, right? they will have those 500 articles but not one of them will say that he did the same thing with spider-man 3 for toys he wanted to sell the spot toys it's the writers who made that character work so well it's not him he wanted to sabotage this film with having this like joke of a character be be the villain it's the writers that made it work that's why they need to get fucking paid yes yeah yeah we stand with the with the writers, um, particularly on this picture, because it was yeah, it it is a feat juggling all of this stuff and having it all work, and that's that's the thing as well. It all works, um, you know. There, there's a feeling of like I said before, did you did we need this? You know, the, the the first one was kind of complete on its own, but to further Miles' story, to have him graduate from you know discovering himself as Spider Man to becoming Spider Man to embracing that as in its fullest form and embracing his power and you know gaining that confidence that spider-man doesn't have you know spider-man is is the epitome of like the reason he cracks jokes and shit all the time is because he's really fucking insecure whereas miles is i am 100 percent a badass and i'm i'm i will not i cannot be fucked with um is a really great thing to say to young people step into your power fuck yeah um you know that's 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 a message that that should be heard by as many people as possible, um, and yeah, to to do that to have that work uh, while doing all the storylines and having the spectacle and having all the different things like it's just no wonder it took him so fucking long because it's 
this is precision work. You don't fuck around. It's 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 to get things out, you know, at a clip the way that people expect it now is such a huge mistake because you end up getting a watered down, if not degraded version of what you probably should have got. Like if they need to put this off because of the right, if it doesn't come out till 2028, whatever, you know, as long as it has the same level of care um, that, that this one did. Yeah. And the thing is, because it was a six-year gap from the first one to the second one, the, the kids who were six who watched that were now 12. The kids who were 10 then were now 16. Yeah. They they will relate so much more to this than than Peter Parker. Mm. Because it's their Spider-Man. And also, yeah, I, I changed my answer. It's like my favorite set piece is either, is either the... Is either mm. Their Gwen versus the Watcher, or or the whole the whole like what is it called? Like the whole the web of destinies is that what it's called? Where they sh- where he shows like every single canon event that's supposed to happen. Yeah, and then and then they're forcing him to go back, and we see it's it's everything up until the chase. Yeah, 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 and and to. As a, as a person who's been, you know, read Spider-Man comics for a long time and seen so many variations and fucking the Ben Riley stuff, like Scarlet Spider, I don't know if you've, if you're familiar with that character. Um, I am a little I'm bit. saying you, Eddie. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Well, he was, he was basically the clone of Peter Parker who took over, um, you know, during the clone saga and it actually ended up, um, you know, they were saying that he's the real one and Peter was the clone. So he, Ben Riley became Scarlet Spider and then became spider-man but in the end they kind of retcon that because no one liked that idea but ben riley as a scarlet spider was like that you know <laughs> and it was drawn like that and that 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 got me um and to see all the different versions you know the one in the, the with the paper bag on his head with the the fantastic yeah. four uniform on there and stuff it was just to see all those versions that i've seen over the last you know 35 years of being a comic book reader it was just, yeah, it, it, it got me. And to have, you know, I don't mind that they made Miguel a bad guy. Uh, that That's fine, you know. Um, and the, the vampiric nature of his power is has been, they didn't shy away from it. I thought they would, you know, because he's genetically enhanced. It's not about getting bitten by a spider. Like yeah. his, his DNA has been changed on a molecular level. And he does, you know, he climbs on the wall because he's got fucking talons, not because he's got little sticky things. To, to have him be ferocious and really interestingly animated as well in his movement is it's almost like like a, a like a, a wild cat like a panther or something um, in its sharpness of movement and its stillness and then the propulsive nature of its power super super cool yeah I, I, I really loved it and I, I honestly can't I think it was probably a little long in overall like there's stuff that you could have Trim, trim back because it was what was closer to an half hours, wasn't it? Yeah, it was two hours twenty, which makes it like the longest animated film ever made. Wow! Which I, I feel like we should a bit of that back. Yeah, I feel like there should be like a four-hour animated film. Like it has to be. There must be somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Hit us up in the comments if you know any particularly long animated films. But yeah, I mean, it's I can't I can't really fault it. Was there anything that you would kind of you would like to see improved on or adjusted for for the sequel, the the third call? Uh, no, I just 
I I just want to be on 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 this ride of of the story, man. Like, it's it's interesting the whole Miguel O'Hara thing because he is he's the creator of the Spider Society. Yet his inner circle, including him, are three of the only people in the Spider Society who have never been bitten by a spider. Like his whole mm. thing is to is to have that thing happen, is to have. The journey of getting bit by a spider happen and then be on track with the journey that happens from there. Every power that he has is an injection. Jessica Drew was experimented on, wasn't bit by a spider. Ben Riley is a clone. It is it's just something to think about. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. I also Jessica Drew fucking you know, motorcycle riding, oh, yeah. pregnant, it's fucking badass. You know, dude. woman of color who's just a you know a, a, a great, and even she kind of knows in the end that they're doing the wrong thing. Um, yeah, what what a great again. The, just it's not about inclusivity, even really, or, or or you know thinking about this in terms of casting it. You know, using characters to represent minorities because that's the thing that you have to do now like that's not even really what it's doing they're the most compelling characters to tell this story with they just happen to also be people of color exactly. um yeah there's no the, the this this hijacked woke movement idea is getting really thin and it and you can't when you see something like this where it has nothing to do with their race like they talk about Miles, the fact that his dad is African-American and his mother's Puerto Rican, that there is mention to that, but it's never about that, um, yeah. you know. Uh, and and even even at the end when he's revealed as in the other universe as the Prowler, as a, as a criminal, it doesn't, he's not a criminal because he's an African-American, you know, in, in the United States. He's a criminal because th- that that's what happened to his world. He could have been of any color or any race or any, you know, sexual creed or whatever. It just... These are the stories that we're telling with the most captivating characters, regardless of who they happen to be. Yeah. Also, I think it's been confirmed that the that the Miles Morales version of Earth Forty Two is not a villain. Like it, he's like in in the in the prologue, you see you see the spider going up to him, which is the spider that bites Miles Morales in the first one. Yeah, because right? that's the thing is that the, the it yeah. shouldn't have bit him it should have like it should it should, have been miles. yeah it should have been yeah. our miles it should have been earth 42 sure yeah right yeah. that's why that's why the spider glitches he's a hero in the universe it's just his methods are different than spider-man because spider-man didn't exist there yeah okay all right yeah well i'll, I'll be interested to see what yeah. what form that takes on I, I do love the fact that that his um uh, his uncle's still alive he played by mahershala ali yeah yeah. When and also they don't shy away from violence either. Like this, he gets fucking like oh, yeah. he hits him really hard when he's when he's hanging off that the the um punching, punching bag. Right, yeah. The no fucking around. Like this is this is for real. It's you know it's like in No Way Home where Peter and 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 Green Goblin have a drag out fight and a you know bleeding and 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 bashed up at the end of it. That's interesting to me, like violence with a with a purpose, violence with some consequences, some stakes. It's always more interesting. Um, and I will say, bef- you mentioned before, like you read this stuff online praising Avi Arad or whatever. Here's a tip for your asses, everybody. Here's, here's a tip from Regs. Stop reading stuff online. 
<laughs> which is a silly thing to say considering that you know like I'm, I'm i have an online presence for this podcast and for my company and all that stuff but when it comes to reviews and shit like that as soon as you start reading and it starts being negative just turn it off just look away go and find one on go on letterbox and find five star reviews for for a movie that you loved and read those and and and, and join in the joy of other people enjoying this don't read negative interviews uh, uh interviews rather um reviews it is a fucking monumental waste of time it, even if you didn't like the film go and 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 read uh, uh uh positive reviews and get a different opinion and then if you come away with a better idea of something that's great or if you come away hating it more that's fine too and make up your mind and stuff but i i feel like a perspective is always is always needed but like i read reviews dude my whole thing is that if i don't like a film i just don't write about it because yeah liking things is better than not liking things <laughs> yeah and I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm, this might come as news to everybody, but 99.9999 at infinitum percent of the people on Instagram who review movies aren't professional film critics We're and do not none. have the pedigree. And a lot of them have really bad grammar <laughs> um, and really bad spelling and, and all sorts of stuff. It's just, you know, find the ones that you like and and follow them with interest and 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 take what they have to say with a grain of salt and figure shit out on your own because there's a lot of fucking noise out there and it hurts box office if you make decisions based on that stuff. And we don't want to hurt box office because we need it. We do. We need the church. And we also need Beyond the Spider-Verse. What, what are your predictions, before we come to a close, what are your predictions for the third picture? Anal beads. What the fuck, Reese? <laughs> I don't know how they would work that into the story, but it'd be interesting. I surprised myself. Did you hear me surprise myself? There? I did. I anal beads and was like, hang on a minute. I talked to myself in the first person. Whatever. Season two. <laughs> oh. You took too long. Don't leave such a huge gap. My mind goes places. It was two friend. seconds. It was legit two seconds. That's think about how how my brain works, all right? Think about how the synapses are firing. You need to keep up. Oh. Sorry. So yeah, what are you, what are your predictions? Are we like other characters, storyline, action pieces? You're still laughing at the beads. I totally get that. Yeah. Oh. Just if if like oh, if if you know uh, Nicholas Cage returns as as noir Spider Man, and while he's talking to someone, he just goes <laughs> and like pulls it. <laughs> Then he's like, there should have been four in there. As opposed to... Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, no. There's always a point where it goes off the rails, and here it is, everybody. Oh, God. (laughs) Welcome to the nonsense. Yep. Do you have a legitimate answer to that question, please? What the fuck was the question? I said, I said, what what are your predictions for the third film? Like new characters introduced. Yeah, you remember. The development of storylines or whatever. You remember the the T-Rex? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would would really love to see Aspids come out of that. (laughs) 
they'd be like bowling balls on a chain. That's that's out of that's ridiculous. And that doesn't work. Now it doesn't work with a T Rex because their arms are too small. They couldn't put it up or pull it out. So they would have to get someone else to do that. Yeah, maybe 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 it's like a rated porno with, with Spider Ham and the T Rex. Oh no. Poor Spider Ham just shoving bowling balls up a T Rex's ass. There's a sentence you don't hear often. Shit. <laughs> oh, the- I don't have a legitimate answer to this question because I really don't know what the what what it's going to be. You know, like it just. I I don't know how they tie that story up. I'm just excited to see whatever it whatever yeah. it'll be. I do have an answer though. Fuck. Good. Do do your real one, and then we'll do some questions. Uh, we don't have questions for this one. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. We'll just we we'll, we won't do questions. Um. Uh, yeah. Fuck, can we can we please have silk? Like, can we please, like, please, like, oh, like, like, yeah, please, right. please? Weren't they bringing out a silk movie or TV? We talked about it in Nerd News some some weeks back. And they, aren't they making a Madam Web movie? They are. Which is going to be another Spider-Man film without Spider-Man in Spider-Man it. Spider-Man in it, yeah. I mean, how how long do they think they can keep doing this? You know, and are they connected? I mean, oh, I think Venom is 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 Venom's connected to Morbius because they mention it. Yeah, Craven's Will connected Craven, to Morbius like, for sure. Craven's connected to Morbius in the fact that it's been delayed. I I just feel like like I understand that the, the reason that it's probably been delayed is because of the writers strike. I know it's a finished picture but if they're still working on it they might not be able to pay people correctly. I think it's probably more got to do with SAG than anything. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of movies are pushing their release dates because um if they release them at this period then the people the actors can't do press. Um and that kind of hurts. They can't do the you know the the the, the circuit of doing the press on the movie to kind of get interest up. So maybe that's it, but and I know that's not why they postponed Morbius. They postponed Morbius mostly because of the pandemic. So I was just having fun. I was just being silly, um, but we'll see whatever that'll be. But yeah, Silk. Uh, they they were talking about doing something with her. Yeah, um, I think the the best route that I would that they would that they could go is you you introduce you introduce like Spider Woman and everything in their Madam Web film. And you have and you have Cindy Moon there, and then she goes off for her own adventure in her series, because there's a, there's a version of that story that I would do, but I'm not doing it. So this is the one that makes the most the most sense. Okay, well, Sony, are you listening? Um, and and Pascal pitches. All right, listen to Addy. He knows what's right. up. Yeah, can we like, they have like in the in in the actual soundtrack they have a they have a song called Silk and something. And I was like, in a film that that's that's got songs that mean so much to the plot, there has to there had to have been Silk somewhere, right? Maybe there. That's a tease. Like, don't worry, Silk's coming. Number three, folks. If she if she does come, I don't I don't trust anyone else more than more than the writers of this of these films to to do it better, do it like the best. Because oh, I've talked about it a lot. Like Silk, Silk is one of the best spider society characters ever made she is like the thing is people people don't regard her as one of one of like the best because she is just she's just incredibly she is just incredibly better and stronger than peter parker can ever be Mm. i think most of the ones that they've developed after peter are like how can we how can we advance this and it's it's weird because like in their first issue peter parker and 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 Cindy Moon fuck because they were bitten by the same spider. There's a 
there's a there's a there's a connection there. But it would be really cool if Cindy Moon was from the same from like the same universe as Miles, who like because if they could tie it with Cindy Moon being the first first person the spider bit and then Miles finds it, so they're connected, yeah. but not but not in like the the weird sexual way because Cindy Moon is oh God, so Ella. Like so like she she's she's older than Miles, that's what I'm trying to say. Right, okay. But I mean you could you could shift the age a little bit and have it be a, a bit of a love triangle between her and Gwen, especially after Gwen betrayed um Miles. Like she, I know she's going to save him and everything, but that's a that's a that's a long road to hoe. Yeah. What'd you say? It's a long road to hoe. I'm not <laughs> saying that she's a hoe. Road uh-huh. a road that you would build with a hoe, like back in the day. Oh, okay. Would have. It's just a turn of phrase, which I understand, which you wouldn't understand because I'm I was born in 1914. So, so you were um, the open hammer then. You were in. The, I was. In the I was. I was one of them. I was working for Oppie. Um, I was one of the communists. To fucking don't say that out loud, Briggs. You get in trouble for that. I'm not a communist, everybody. Don't worry. That was a joke. Yep. It was, it was comedy satire. Comedy satire. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. All right. Well. Sony, just fuck everything and bring Silk into it and shut up. Um, I'm excited for whatever it is. I, I I really hope they do. You know, the writers get what they deserve, and that that sounded like a threat. <laughs> they get what they deserve, and a very Australian threat. I hope the the writers get treated properly. I hope the actors get treated properly. You know, people should be paid for their art um, in whatever form that takes. Um, so uh, you know, and this is this is no exception. So. Bring on Beyond the Spider-Verse, whenever it is. And I guarantee you'll be back to do Legacy of Spider-Man Part 6 when that comes out. But in the interim, any any, any final th- final things to say on the Spider-Verse before we before we cap off? We can do a roundup of um, what are your three favorite moments? T- uh, f- favorite moment is, is like, of all of them, um, is uh, Miles at the end where, before he realizes that it's an alternate version of his mum, he's like, I'm not afraid anymore. Um, you know, I'm not scared. Uh, I'm powerful. That was just what a fantastic arc for that character because he's so confused at the beginning. Um, he's so um, posturing to to Gwen and you know pretending to be the alpha when when uh, uh, that's that that means nothing. What it is is about being a a um, a fully formed human being, regardless of of you know your your physical status or whatever. Um, that was my, that was my number one. Number two is probably uh, the um, Gwen um, hugging her dad, and the the change in the color that was just that that struck me so much. Um, I really was, yeah. I kept coming back to that like during it. I kept waiting for that animation style to cop up again, and it does a few times, which is really beautiful. And just the whole train, the vertical chain sequence is just t- taking. It's something we talked about before. Taking advantage of the power set that these characters have in an interesting way is 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 really great and that's and also the future kind of universe that you're living in to to to, articulate that as well um yeah so 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 great such a great chase sequence so um yeah that were my three what about you my number three was um the it was (laughs) it's weird but it was was the spot introduction that was yep yeah no that's fair it's very funny very very sweet and it's done like it's done so like like he's almost a fan of Spider-Man. Like he's he's trying like 
he's demanding attention and, and Miles is just texting. He's like, this is supposed to be serious. We, we, this is our first fight. It's, yeah, it's, and he's got the bread falling out of him. Yeah. <laughs> so well animated. Just the timing of it was great. Like, it's it's almost Deadpool by, by not being Deadpool too much. It's not as smug as Deadpool. Yeah. My my number two would be is before the, the they go on the chain and chase and it's 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 hope like it's it's everyone like kind of crowding him and like their whole spider thing happens where this robotic spider comes out and like makes a makes makes makeshift portal I guess mm-hmm. yep. and and he's trying to break he's trying to break out and everyone's telling him to calm down and go back and Hobie comes up and he says use your palms use your palms. And it's 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 done so fucking well because he he does that, and then when all of them decide to go after him, Hobie takes out his uh, watch and throws it and says, "I'm out of here." Yeah. And then and then we he see him for the establishment anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and then we see him, and then we see him in the in the final scene, which is it's so perfectly done. The score the score that plays in that scene is an amalgamation of literally every single spider theme that you hear in the whole fucking film. And it's yep. called Start a Band, which is this band coming together, going on and saving Miles. And you see Hobie there, and you see you see Noir there, you see Penny Parker there. Oh, it's just so it, there's so many emotions in there. And it's just yeah. fuck yeah, Everyone's let's go. There for a different reason. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a great ending. I didn't have a problem with it being cliffhanger either. Like I, that's that's kind of the point, you know. I think people were like, it doesn't feel complete. It does if you let it. Yeah. If you let it be complete, you're like, well, that's that story and there's going to be another section and if I get it, I get it. If I don't, then maybe I can make it up in my own head. Like, the two fuckers that I was watching it with didn't know that it was supposed to be, supposed to be a part one of two. And they were kind of, they were kind of like left hanging. with was like, oh, it was, oh shit, it ended. Mm. But I knew that it was supposed to be part one. So there was that, like, well, the story does continue. It's supposed to continue. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to feel incomplete in ways. Because it's like the first two halves of a, of an arc that has a really long third act to to follow. Is is are they doing beyond in two parts? No. So this this was supposed this was supposed to be two, yeah. So it was into right. into across and beyond, but beyond was supposed ah, to come right. Out. Okay, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Awesome. And what was your number one? So my number was the last one where all of them are together. On the roof, and they all jump into the portal, and the the, the dolly in on um, or the push in on Gwen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a wonderful picture. It's a wonderful picture. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. If it's still playing at the cinemas, if it isn't, it's on VOD now, isn't it? It is. It it's is video video on demand. Um, it's 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 well worth your time, and and he's hoping for beyond. He's hoping for beyond, and the fact that. We are like I told you this before. I told it to other people, but I love saying it because it's just it's true. We're we're five years deep in this multiverse saga that's gonna go on for fifteen more. Mm. And the fact that the only the only the only films that are done the best are the two Spider Verse films says a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, if that gives people who are continuing that thread pause and think okay how can we redirect some of this stuff and 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 have it be as impactful more to the better so yeah wonderful all right folks well that's it thanks again for hanging out with us for a little while we'll see you next time i think we're we're talking about this was our last kind of superhero genre picture for a while we're gonna we're gonna take a break 
and check out some new things. Some upcoming episodes that you might enjoy. Uh, we don't know when they're going to come out exactly, but some topics that we will be discussing. Zathura. Um, we'll be talking about Zathura at some point. Uh, we're also going to do a uh, Lord of the Rings OG trilogy episode. We'll probably do that as a three-parter. Um, which gives me an excuse to go back and watch the extended editions. I'm very excited about that. And we're also going to do another episode exclusively on anal beads. So <laughs> come come back for that one. <laughs> or, or, or come forward, however you feel comfortable. Come for yeah, come however you want to come. Just come. Um, that's the end of the show, everybody. We'll see you next week for something fun, whatever it is. Uh, I love you, Eddie. I love you too, man. You're beautiful. Uh, you know, keep up the good work. And remember... Stay amazing, stay safe, and come joyfully. <laughs> stay safe is a really good bit of advice when you're talking about anal beads too. <laughs> know your limits is all I'm saying. Good night. Good night.